You are going to be the best mom. I'm an amazing mother. You are the best mom in the whole world. Lady, you are the best mom ever. Welcome to The Mom Show, My Talk 1071's new show featuring guests and topics that all good moms will want to hear. The phone lines are open for your questions. Am I doing this right? 651-641-1071 or email the show at mytalk1071.com, keyword mom. As always, thank you for joining us here for The Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I am Ms. Shannon, and reminding you what we do here on The Mom Show every week is that we make your life a little easier by being a central point for so much information that can just help you throughout your daily lives. Maybe you hear something, a bit, a piece of something from a story. You go, I would like to know more about that, but I don't have time to Google it, or mm-hmm. I have just enough time to Google it and become dangerous. And so we will help <laughs> you with all of that. So we have a panel of rotating experts that come through. This morning, we are joined by our financial expert, uh, the chief instigator over at ClearStep Financial and MomsTalkMoney.com. Cassandra Brazier is with us again. Cassandra, thank you for joining us. And I know we are going to talk about mm-hmm. something a little different mm-hmm. because last week you were kind enough to share your husband, Mike, with us, <laughs> who is also a financial uh, professional here in the Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about having uh, a a healthy relationship with your money and with your partner. Right. And how you can kind of have some of those conversations. And then the world got a little tipsy-turvy, right? Absolutely. So in the last, I mean, it's been going on for a little while here mm-hmm. now, but uh, we've seen a lot of volatility in the markets. Right. Volatility just meaning a lot of ups and downs. And lately there's been quite a few down down days. I mean, really, volatility like we haven't seen in a number of years. Right. So I think that's created a little bit of uneasiness in some people. And I think it would be, I just thought this would be a a really timely topic just to talk about what are some ways that you can kind of navigate through some of that kind of market conditions, right? given where you might be at along your path towards your retirement. And you, even if we kind of piggyback onto what we were talking about in the previous episode about being financially healthy mm-hmm. and being able to weather these kinds of storms, mm-hmm. that comes along with it, is going, right. okay, how do I not panic? Mm-hmm. Or how do I, if I see a headline, how do I know does that apply to me? And if so, what should be the proper response? So as you mentioned, depending on, you know, how do you respond, Mm -hmm. depending on where you are in your journey, should I panic or should I not panic? (laughs) I'm sure all of those things come into play. Mm -hmm. And we always encourage people, if they want to get in contact with you, they can always go to uh, clearstepfinancial.com or momstalkmoney.com because I'm sure that you talk about all these on an ongoing basis. So if you get a little panicky and you go, wait, I saw something. Yeah. Before you, you know, sit there and go, I'm going to cash everything out. Maybe go to momstalkmoney.com and ask a couple of questions Absolutely. and you might take some of the pressure off. No, and that's a really good point because people have, there's been some really good questions lately that people have sent um, through both sites, right? Through the right. Moms Talk Money portal or through our ClearStep Financial um, site as well, where they have questions, whether it's on how they're invested right now or whether it's on what's the best method for doing XYZ, um, or can you please take a look at my information? I'm not sure if I'm paying too much, right? I mean, there's all these different questions that people have. So I'm, I'm really, I appreciate being able to be helpful to people in those different ways that can give them some really good guidance, um, give them a straight answer on things, right? uh, and just have a second set of eyes on what they're doing. And we are going to cover some great information this morning on The Mom Show. We do remind you that this is general information, that you should speak with a financial advisor yourself. Mm -hmm. If it's a mom's, if you go to momstockmoney.com, that is a better route sometimes, because this is general information. But we think it'll give you a really good foundation on what is going on right now. And we do remind everybody that securities and advisory services are offered through Harbor Investment Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC as we continue Mm -hmm. our conversation this morning. Yeah, and so 
It, what I thought would be good is just to kind of take a step back. And I think m- many of you will remember in the 90s, we saw some really strong markets and right. we saw a really good time to make good money in the markets. And then, we, I, again, most of you will remember what happened in 2000. We had the downturn with 2000, 2001, 2002, and then things started to pick back up again. But then we got towards the end of 2007 and we saw the markets go down again. Right? And let's just back up even a little bit farther and get that 10,000 foot view of mm-hmm. what do you mean when you say a strong market versus when we're having a down market? Well, basically in the 90s, it was it was a scenario where you could have invested in almost any mutual fund. I mean, right. most mutual fund stocks, the market in general was in a rising. It's a bull market, right? right? Where the market's just going up. Mm-hmm. So it was it was fairly easy to make money. Most people could, again, pick a number of different mutual funds and feel really good about themselves at the end of the day. Right. And so it, it wasn't as tricky. Now you you can, you have those cycles, right? Mm-hmm. We're actually, even right now we are technically, we're still in the longest bull market that we've seen historically. Right. So we're in some volatility. And sometimes even if you look back historically at the charts of the markets, you can take small little segmented pieces where they can be choppy like this. Cause even in the last 10 years, we've seen some, what we would call sideways markets, yes. but then the overall long-term trend has been up. Right. Okay. And so it's not, it's, it's almost never, I don't know if it ever has been just a straight line up. Right. No. You see You've dips always, and valleys, you know, see, yeah. Peaks, valleys that go up and down. Right. You're always going to see that kind of, it's just the normal how things operate. Right. We don't, we don't go in a straight linear line that way. And so, Right now, again, if you you look back to the last, between 2000 and 2010, there were two significant downturns during that time. Some people call that the last decade. Right. Because people who, in 2000, they might have said, I have 10 years till I'm looking to retire. 10 years is kind of, it's a real critical time. Right. And so to have two significant downturns from the top of the market to the bottom, where they were both about 50%, is that can be extremely challenging yes. to say the least if you're trying to get to retirement in that time frame. So people that are retired now had some really challenging times coming up to that point and people that are just about to retire, they still have seen some challenging times um, where we've just, again, even in this overall bull market, we've seen some sideways time frames in there. So does it just, if you're in that close of a time period to when you planned to retire, does it really a lot of times make you go, maybe I'm not going to be able to reach my particular goal as quickly or as possible as, as uh, within that time frame? And then maybe people are making those adjustments to go, maybe I'm going to work a little bit longer mm-hmm. or I'm going to have to adjust my mental, you know, uh, my mental framework on what I thought my quality of life was going to be like when I retired. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are, yep. Those are all different possibilities. So there's, again, like you mentioned, we, I'll be able to give some kind of general, a general framework in a sense for people given certain parameters, but I can't emphasize enough. Each situation really is different. And right. and where I might say, well, if you're in this situation and this, those two things might apply to you, but then you might have five other things that would mean that what I'm recommending would not apply to you at all. Right. So it really is challenging, but this is some good, it's a good place to start at least. We'll be able to give some good general information on if you are, you know, 25, 30 years from retirement versus 10 years from retirement and what are some things to look at doing um, and and if you do have a longer time frame, and by longer, I just mean more than 10 years, right? If you've got 15 years before you're looking to retire right now, I wouldn't, I 
my recommendation, right? I wouldn't be as concerned, but I also would be paying attention. Okay. I would be reviewing things. I would be looking at where you're at with things and making sure that the position of things is such that you're not too heavily in one area or certain types of products that are going to respond very similarly. Okay. So I know that may not make sense, but we're going to get into that a little bit more here too. Um, I just wanted to kind of give people a little bit of a, of an overall, it's good to be looking at those things, but when the markets go down and you have, I mean, if you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, even maybe early fifties, and if you plan on retiring when you hit full, full social security age, which if you're in your, you know, your fifties, that's likely going to be, you know, 66 and a certain amount of months, right? right? It's not the traditional retirement age may or may not be 65 for you. It's, it's really whatever you make it nowadays. I have people that want to retire at 60 or 62. I have people that want to retire at 70. Right. I have people that say, I'm never going to retire. I want to keep working. <laughs> yes. But you still want to have money there for options, right? right? Mm-hmm. And so it really depends on whatever your specific situation looks like. But if you're in that, that time frame where you've got time on your side, and the markets are fluctuating. And if we see a downturn, we're, I think most people expect and know that we will see a downturn at some point. We have to, and that's healthy for the markets okay. to do that. Recessions can be a very healthy time. And recessions are your friend if you have time on your side. Because when the markets are going down, putting money into the market is like buying things when it's on sale. Okay. So how many of us would rather pay 50% off for something versus full price? Right. Right. If we're if we ever shop for anything, we understand (laughs) that concept. But the market is the same way. So it's your friend if you're buying. But you can you can understand on the opposite side. If you're at retirement and you're starting to take money out, that means you're selling. Yes. So if you're the vendor, you don't want to sell it at 50 percent off. Right. Right. You have to sell that much more to make the same amount of money. And that's where people are at when they're in retirement, when the markets are going down they're in uh, uh, not a worst case, but a a worse place. Right. Well, Cassandra, help me as a layperson understand what terminology you as a financial professional saw like in the news or when you're watching the markets that made you go, now's the time to start paying attention to this or to check these funds. So what were the key things like the little red flags that you went, oh, no, 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 no. This is this is something that actually is should be motivating my clients to make some sort of decisions? Well, that's a really good question. Mm -hmm. And this is, if you remember back in February, we even talked about what are ways to help protect your money um, in times of volatility. Right. But the thing is, is that because we had a really up and down market too at the beginning of the year, as a lot of people might remember. The problem almost is, is that we've had pretty, a pretty good market overall for long enough that people, people don't, remember as clearly and as fresh what happened in 2008, what happened in the early 2000s. But now I think we are getting to a point where people are starting to realize that things may be coming and they're starting to feel that. And so, I mean, I can talk all day about the fact that these are good things to do, but I think now I've had people start to reach out with those kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. And so I understand that now I think it's starting to sink into people and they're starting to get that feeling that this is something I need to think about. It's something I need to maybe take action on now. I shouldn't be postponing it any further. This is important enough and I want to be smart about what I've worked so hard for. Well, speaking of questions, if you have any, we always encourage you to be part of the conversation. You can call us here on The Mom Show at 651- 
651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Cassandra Brazier from MomsTalkMoney.com and ClearStep Financial. Here we are on the Mom Show on My Talk 1071. I'm Miss Shannon. Cassandra Brazier from MomsTalkMoney.com and ClearStep Financial is helping us weather this volatile market and uh, <laughs> answering some questions because this is a thing that I always appreciate what you do is that, you know, we say volatile markets. It sounds very fancy. It sounds very uh, uh, obtuse. Like, how am I? I don't even know what that means. And you explained it to me week after week. So I'm glad that you're in again to remind me that these things are uh, subject matters that I can actually go. I don't need to tune out. Right. I can be involved in my financial health and know what all these words mean. Right. And even with a little bit of education and understanding, you can again, if you're on that side where you have time on your side, you can almost get excited when the markets are going down, when they go on sale. Right. To be able to put more money in. I mean, that's really what you should be thinking is in those times, in those cycles when it's going down, you can think, where else can I, where do I have money, right? right? What else can I use to invest right now? Because that's how you can really take advantage of those times. And one of the things I thought was really interesting was your perspective as a financial expert. You were like, we need to just get through a recession. Like, you right. know, so it, I think that so many of us, we hear recession and our shoulders go up, we tense up, we go, oh no, oh no, there's going to be a recession. And you're going, it's inevitable and mm-hmm. we should just accept it and move on. Is that kind yeah. of your position? Okay. Right. Well, right. Again, you have, if you understand that it's, it's a healthy part of a market cycle, there's, there's the up markets and the down markets. We need to have both of them. It's right. just, it's normal and natural and that's how the markets operate. And so, just so it's kind of that. seasonal. It's just seasonal right. without being. It like, would be like we're being going in to hit winter, winter, eventually. okay, or summer. <laughs> I mean, eternally. Which again, some areas, right? They do have those, but in in this area where we live, we have all you know all these different. Se- again, some seasons aren't as long as others, right? Maybe that we want, but but we do have. That's just how things operate. You can't necessarily change the seasons here because you want to, right? If things evolve over time, that's different. And then we've seen that in the markets too, which is again where I think some of those there's just more of these huge up and down swings in a given day Mm -hmm. and a lot and that started really when the when we saw the technology really take off in the early 2000s it really made the markets become more and more interconnected all over the world and so that helped to but it also made things move so much faster and now there's there i mean there's a whole bunch of other things too that that are impacting how quickly the markets are making that's that's for like a three hour show. But, right. but that's something too. There's so many things that are changing and evolving and, and different nowadays with the market. So what should you be doing? Again, if you are in your 20s or if you're in your 30s and you've got time before you're planning on retiring, again, I would be in a position where plan on it's going to be fine. Okay. We do it again. There's no prediction that they will continue to go up after a recession, but that's always what's happened. But that's not a guarantee, right? But Traditionally, they will go into a recession and then they will pick up again and then they will, you know, start rising. The worst thing you could do is be so emotional about it that when it does go into the downturn that you end up your emotions control your your choices and you get out of the market at that time. Right. And I've seen people do that, you know, as much rationally as you can explain to them, this is the worst time for you to make this shift. And then again, you know, you look like six months later, they've picked back up again, right? And you look back and you you think, gosh, that was the worst time they could have done that. Right. But but people let their emotions control their decision-making, right? We, we decide things on emotion. Because it's very difficult when things are going down to see that they will eventually probably go back up. Right. You just go, well, maybe I need to get out before we hit the bottom. 
And that's what I see commonly is that when we're at the top of the market, people do not want to get out because they've very recently seen some really nice gains. Right. And they don't want to miss out on any of those gains. But then when things start to shift and go down, then they want to they want to wait a little longer, right? Because maybe they're going to jump back up. It's almost like when people are gambling, right? Yes. If you just had some big winnings, you want to keep going. Instead of going, maybe I should cash out and go home. Mm-hmm. Got it. Yep. Well, Cassandra, when you're talking to your clients, do you kind of see that people are really knowledgeable about maybe one thing? Like they put all their eggs in one basket. They're like, I understand how this works, so I only do this. That is the case sometimes, Um, whether it's uh, people have everything in stocks and bonds and they kind of have more of a stock portfolio or sometimes people might have a few mutual funds. They might have an asset allocation model of some mutual funds and try and spread it out across the board that way. Or they might have just some index funds or they might be all in some kind of target date funds. I see that a lot. That is one of the most common things now in 401ks. Okay. So a target date fund is a fund that it, um, like it sounds like you pick whatever year is when you're estimating that you'll probably retire. A lot okay. of times it's for retirement. They have them for college planning too. You okay. can have like a target date fund for when do you plan on going to college. And then they kind of manage it according to that time frame. But from for target date funds, what's important is to just understand how they work and how they don't work. Okay. Because I think people, they, they know that things are changing and being managed inside of a target date fund, but they're being managed according to a schedule. So for example, if you look back, Someone, if if it was 2007, right? Right. And someone had a 2010 target date fund. Like yes. that's when they were going to retire, 2010. So they had all their money in there and it would have been probably at least, you know, maybe 50, I'm just going to throw out numbers, maybe 50% conservative. Yes. And maybe about 50% or maybe it was 60, 40, right? Because so they, they were so close to their retirement right, date. Right, because they were getting okay. close to the retirement date. But if, again, just to use simple numbers, if they still had 50% in the markets at that time, the, the fund wouldn't have necessarily shifted because the markets were tanking in 2008 mm-hmm. and they were that close. They go by a schedule. Okay. So they are not going to change and alter that fund because the markets are shifting. They're going to alter it when the schedule dictates that it's time to shift it, if that makes sense. Right. So you have to understand even how those work. And for some people, getting this close to retirement, if they're in a 2020 fund, and we may go into a recession. They may want to even drop it down. A lot of times they'll even have like, let's say a 2015 fund. And that would likely be even more conservative than a 2020 fund, even though that might be your date for retirement. You may want to drop it down even more or look at other options. And that's one thing we're going to come to a little bit later in the show here, too, is I have some other um, tips for people if most of your money is in a 401k right now right. and you're close to retirement. And Cassandra, I feel like we've kind of hit on the people that are in their 20s and 30s and we've talked a little bit about people that are closer to their retirement. But what about the rest of the my talkers and people like me that are in that I'm in my mid 40s range? Mm-hmm. How much should I be waving my hands in the air and panicking yet? I mean, is my hair on fire? Should I be calling? <laughs> like, where should I? What is my level of panic right mm-hmm. now? OK, what should I feel? You're still, I would, my, my perspective, and this is my opinion too, is that you're still on the side where you've got some time. Okay. And so you're getting to that point though, where you want to be more aware and you want to, you want to be smart about what you're doing. Right. So if, so again, I think what it comes down to is it is helpful to sit down and talk to someone because if there are certain things that could be improved or put in place in your situation, here's what I look at. A lot of people have, again, they have like one thing, whether it's all index funds or whether it's all stocks or whether it's a lot of times it's they have everything in one area. 
And let's okay. So, because you've looked at all of my stuff, so we'll mm-hmm. like let's 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 just use me as an example. Mm-hmm. So, I had a you know, formerly I had my four hundred one k from my employer, and I rolled that over. And what do I have now? What do I, <laughs> see, I feel like I'm a good example where I'm just I, I know just enough to be dangerous. I know that there's some money out there. Mm-hmm. I put it over. I'm like mine are still like traditional IRAs. We didn't change that, right? Mm-hmm. So, if, well, you if have a Roth too. I do have a Roth yeah. as well. Yes, because you which I, is did, good. Yeah. Those are good. Those are those are ones that then you've already paid the taxes on that. Right. So you're you're being smart that way. You're diversifying your money with different tax buckets. So if most of my money is in that IRA and then I have a, a little a mini Roth, that's mm-hmm. what I call it, some mini Roth that I started. Mm-hmm. What should I be looking at regarding those two that big IRA bucket that I have sitting out there right now, if I'm 45. Mm-hmm. That one, I again, you're in a place where you've got time. Okay. What I would say is now, it, you in your Roth one, that one is is operating in, in a completely different management way than what your IRA is. Gotcha. And that's what I mean by kind of diversifying how you're having your money managed. And so, for example, if you were going to go into a, a dealership to get a car. Okay. It would be basically like them saying, well, would you rather have a steering wheel, a gas pedal, or airbags in your car? And you're like, I need all those things. Exactly. Okay, I got it. So <laughs> right. it's like some of these are, you need to have both and. You, need, right. you need to have right. the money operating in a few different ways, and that is the most beneficial all right. overall, all right. in I my get opinion. Because right. <laughs> so, again, anytime you've got everything in one thing a lot there's going to be different market cycles that things are going to operate differently if you are in that phase where you're closer to retirement annuities can be a really great thing but if you've got more than 10 15 years that's not necessarily maybe where you're looking there are some that that could be beneficial in those cases but um but it really depends on the situation but an annuity in in in, in, at the basic level is basically putting insurance on your retirement okay that's basically what it is. You know, we insure our homes, we insure our cars, we insure our health, we insure our life with life insurance, right? We talk about that mm-hmm. a lot. Yes, we do. It's important. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's how you insure your retirement a portion of it. Now, you don't want necessarily all of it to be in an annuity either. But with the way that people, most people don't have pensions anymore, some still do, but most people don't have the pensions like they used to, that can be a nice way to have a level of predictable income, at least on part of the money. Right. But again, that's not necessarily the only place you want either. All right. Okay. I think I'm starting to get it. So we're going to have to go to break, but what do you want to cover when we get back, Cassandra? We're going to go through some more tips for people, especially if you've got most of your money in your 401k. What can you do right now? Perfect. And if you have any questions, just like I do, you can call in. It's 651-641-1071. We'll be right back on The Mom Show. You're listening to The Mom Show here on My Talk 1071. You can also find us on MyTalk1071.com because I can imagine that you might want to go back and re-listen to this. It's easy to find our podcast there. And especially when we're talking about something like this. And and I'm so uh, uh, happy when Cassandra Brazier from Clear Step Financial and MomsTalkMoney.com comes in because legit, I have questions. And <laughs> I know that I'm not the only one. And so if you have any questions, please feel free to call in and ask us those questions at 651-641-1071. That's 651-641-1071. Because real talk, Cassandra, is it's trying to figure out, 
I, 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 you know, you always hear those jokes about you go, I got a guy. I got a guy that like helps me with my car. I got a guy that if I, if something breaks in my house, like you're my guy about <laughs> when, they, when something happens in the financial market, I'm like, how does this apply to me? Cause mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, especially after the last downturn, mm-hmm. things changed a lot. Like instead mm-hmm. of a lot of people having these very traditional positions, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people like me that are self employed and mm-hmm. contract workers. And you were like, for my, especially in this age group, there's so many people that that whole work life balance, mm-hmm. we wanted that, you know, mm-hmm. as somebody that's in this whole Gen X world, we're like, okay, I'm more, you know, excited by the the idea of being able to be my own boss mm-hmm. versus staying at some place and thinking that I'm going to be able to retire from mm-hmm. that place. You know, I think we kind of, you know, not to be cynical, gave up on that particular American dream that we're like, I'm going to stay at a bill uh, uh, you know, in the same building for 40 years mm-hmm. and then retire with this, 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 and this. We're like, nah, right. I'm probably going to have to pivot or I'll work there that long. And eventually they'll tell me that I got to leave anyway. So I might as well leave now. We all have, <laughs> we all have abandonment syndrome is what I feel like <laughs> so many people in my generation. So when we're talking about how do I make that determination because I don't have a traditional 401k. Mm-hmm. I have these other products. Right. And going like even training myself to not call it my 401k after right. I sat down with you to roll it over into this other thing and I still go my 401k. Wait, it's not that anymore. Right. So how do you educate your clients on those things and help mm-hmm. us make good decisions and you know and go no, this is your particular scenario. How do we right. even know what question to ask? And that's you know what that's that's a really good question is how do you even know what question because right. I think that's where a lot of people are at and I mm-hmm. I think too that's maybe what even paralyzes people to even take action to sit down is because they think I don't even know what to ask right and I feel like I should at least know what I should be asking and so and don't feel like you have to because that's one of the biggest things is I look I always say the financial industry it's it's almost like it's a foreign language for people right it is it is terms and and words and things and <laughs> phrases that don't mean anything to people and they they don't understand what the tech or the terminology is right and there's so many acronyms and and phrases so if that's you don't I wouldn't worry about that as much the biggest thing is just taking some action to make sure that someone who does know those terminology and those things can look at it and say, okay, either you're good, keep right. doing what you're doing, or like in your case where you don't have a 401k, so when the markets are going down, would it be better for you to invest in an IRA or a Roth? And right. we were just talking, a Roth would be a great place to be able to max that out. You can put up to 5500 in a Roth this year right. if you're under 50. If you're over 50, they give you an extra 1000 so you can do 6500 So it's being able to understand then and have someone that can just even give you that guidance and, right. and look at what's going to make the most sense. Yeah, just to even like give you that, that quick tip of, well, it's good that you're putting money away. But if you have these options, put right. it in this particular option right now and mm-hmm. let that other option can be just just sit there and percolate a little bit on right. its own or it's less like, you know, I don't have now I know that I don't have to put, you know, if I'm putting everything in my different little pots, don't put as much in that pot maybe for yep. right now and just let that pot simmer. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? I'm That's, I'm trying yep. to like make it into like food terms I think are easier than some of the financial <laughs> terms sometimes because I try. That's all right. We all have to eat, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) But that's really, so if if most of your money is in your 401k, a lot of 401ks have 401k Roths now too. Okay. And I've even sat down then and looked at with people, how much does it make sense for you to be putting your money into your 401k Roth or into your traditional 401k side? And there's different scenarios where different answers are going to make sense. I've seen people, um, sometimes when they get closer to the retirement, they maybe are at a high earning point and then they might be earning less than 
after they retire. So then a certain scenario is going to make sense. Or they might want a higher lifestyle after they retire. Right. So it really, there's so many variables and what is, is good for people. I think in a, in general, it's very good if you can have some money in a Roth that is tax advantaged. You know, there's going to be very few scenarios that that is really going to be detrimental to you because, you know, the way things are, then you don't pay taxes on that money in the future. And I have, again, I'm not a tax advisor person. I have to give that disclosure, but, Mm -hmm. but it is, it's good to have money in different tax buckets. If you can, if you make too much money and you don't qualify, then that's how it is. But, you know, which is, again, it's a good problem to make too much money too. Right. right? And, you know, we... I, you know, I saw some articles recently and they were talking about raising rates and we were talking about the Federal Reserve. Um, and I feel like the Federal Reserve and you just had a Federal Reserve uh, speaker in recently. Yeah. But I feel like the Federal Reserve is still one of those things that people don't really get. Like mm-hmm. you don't know exactly what they do and how they're set up and how they really affect us. So can we back up a little bit mm-hmm. and kind of explain when we hear these stories and what the Fed, the Federal Reserve is doing, how mm-hmm. it impacts us? Yep. They and yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a really loaded question. Okay, first of all. sorry, sorry, I didn't mean <laughs> to do it that way. I was just okay. Um, they, how do we unpack? They basically, that? I mean, they are, they are. There's about twelve different districts, I believe, and each area, each region. Um, like we have the Minneapolis Federal Reserve, right? right? Which you can go and tour. Yes, like you can get tours there. Um, which I've wanted to do. I haven't done that yet, but I think it would be neat to just go there. And oh, you and I should go. That would be fun. There's Let's a good wine that. bar around the corner from there as well. We'll go there and we'll Love hang it. out. I like it. Love okay. it. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to a wine bar and talk about the federal research? <laughs> you know, I think it's perfect. <laughs> good incentive. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. But they, I mean, their job is to be there. So when they talk about raising rates, right, right they're trying to keep things in a healthy path. And mm-hmm. it's, it can be healthy for them to be raising rates at certain times to get to a good point. I mean, it's interesting when you look back historically in the 80s, I remember you, you talked to people and what were mortgage rates in the 80s, right? right. If you talked to anyone who had a mortgage there, it wasn't what the rates are today. No. It was well into the double digits. You hear people talk about, I had a 15% mortgage rate. I had an 18% mortgage rate. Right. But- you could also, if you were going to go put your money in a bank and a CD, mm-hmm. people were getting 12% on their CDs too. Right. right? So and now really, you're getting like 0.03% or something on a right, certificate because deposit. Because the rates yeah, are so, so low. low. Okay. Absolutely. You'll always, you'll always, you know, it'll always cost more to borrow than it is to, to you know, when you're getting a CD rate. There are always going to be that okay. discrepancy there. Mm-hmm. So where we're at right now, they are, they're raising, you know, they're in a rising rate environment. They're raising rates. But that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it's funny. The markets just kind of went all out of whack. Right. Even though what's funny about it is everyone knew, basically, <laughs> it wasn't like a huge surprise that they, they were going to raise coming. rates. Yeah. Right. So, it, I mean, it's one of those things, just like sometimes where some kind of news comes out and then the market... It, one of the advisors in our office, we were talking and he said, the market is acting like a toddler. <laughs> the market is throwing <laughs> like tantrums it. and then it's like, and then it kind of comes back and it relaxes and it's playing for a while and it's doing fine. And then something else will set it off and then right. it freaks out for a day <laughs> and then it kind of relaxes again. Mm-hmm. And I said, that is kind of what's going on, right? The market is kind of having temper tantrums yes. like a toddler would. <laughs> so, but, um, but overall, I mean, overall, like I said, the biggest thing is there's always going to be these things. Um, you know, looking back over the last since 2000, there were so many time frames that you could look at and say and and in that moment think, oh, my gosh, oh, the government's shutting down or oh, right. the Brexit. Right. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff in Europe or whatever it was. I mean, look at back to 9-11. Right. There were all these different points 
we've come through them all. Right. right? And so I think the biggest thing to kind of circle back to is don't get too caught up in any one day in the market or any short term period. You have to really keep your perspective in the long term. Okay. And I think as long as you are working with someone that is helping to give you that guidance along the way and has a a pulse on what you have, what the markets are doing and some good places to be. I think that is your best bet. There's no one can see the future. Right. And there is no perfect investment or everyone would be doing it. Right. So I think that's why, in my opinion, having a few different types of ways that your money is invested, you know, mutual funds aren't bad, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend having everything in there, especially if you're close to retirement. Right. If you're starting out, it's not a bad place at all. It can be a really good place to get going and build up money over time for for, for a good period of time. Mm-hmm. But once you've got some substantial assets and things, I think it's a good idea to start looking at having it in a few different buckets. And Cassandra, it seems like you're also saying that the market may have these little these dips and, and sways. But unless we have some catastrophic events like a meteor hits part of the world <laughs> and everything explodes that way. We do still, even if things start to continue to dip, it's watching it dip over month after month after month after month, not something happens for a week at a time. Typically. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, of course, you know, you have those outline, they call it like a black swan event where something completely unforeseeable like Mm 9-11 and the market shut down then. Other than those kinds of events, we typically, yeah, you do see things happen more gradually. It's funny, though. I mean, the Federal Reserve, they will announce a recession like six months ago, right? We'll already have been in the recession. Everyone else will, again, just like interest rates, you kind of know they're going to raise them. You know we're in a recession, but they'll officially announce it, right? Because they they have to wait for all the data and everything and so on and so forth. But it is, so it is funny. Um, But so when we come back, because I know we're going to take another break here, but when we come back, I do, we've been trying to come to the point of the 401k topic. We will get to that and we will talk about what specifically people can do in certain circumstances with their 401ks, especially if you're really getting closer to retirement right now and you want to make sure that you're not going to have your 401k go down to a 201k. Right. (laughs) The phones are also open. You can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Cassandra Brazier from MomsTalkMoney.com and ClearStep Financial here on The Mom Show. Welcome back to The Mom Show here on MyTalk 1071. Uh, You can also find us at (laughs) MyTalk1071.com. Cassandra and I are trying to make the fact that we're talking about the Federal Reserve and all this this alphabet soup of financial information sound fun and inviting. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) It's difficult, though, If any of you are having a glass of wine right now, I don't blame you in the least. Because we're trying to, you know, help everybody navigate these things. And I appreciate that we're having these conversations because otherwise it seems like so uh, such a miasma of information that you don't mm-hmm. even want to weed in, wade into it. Mm-hmm. So but it is the thing. And I'm glad that you brought up uh, having a glass of wine. It is because I was talking to a friend of mine about you and how you had mentioned before that it is um freeing to have different types of uh, events for women and Mm -hmm. their money and that you have done those that instead of somebody having you know a passion party or a a Tupperware party or a pamper chef party you can have a party that we are where we have a financial planner right like you come in and we can have wine and do all those things and talk about it in a very relaxed environment and have these conversations that Mm -hmm. normally you're like I don't want to talk about it because it's going to stress me out or I don't know what to ask right or I don't know who to ask you know or you feel like and I and I mean, I, I do like to share that from experience that it's OK to go. I don't. Here's a pile of papers 
<laughs> and that you can help navigate and tell me what questions I should ask, mm-hmm. you know, so I can go, oh, is that what all this stuff over here is doing? Because maybe <laughs> I thought I was doing the right thing and it is great, but right. I could be doing better. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And, and what's interesting, too, is now I see more and more women, too, that are stepping into those roles more financially in the households, whether they're right. actually helping to manage the finances or whether they might be the primary income earner. In the family, I'm seeing more and more women in those roles. Right. So it is interesting that there is that shift because when I first started over 15 years ago, that wasn't necessarily the case. Right. It was still more, uh, you know, the usually the male was the primary breadwinner mm-hmm. and usually they also more handled the finances. And there are still more male financial advisors out there than women. Um, but I do hear from a lot of women that they don't always feel like they're as much... Uh, I don't know how to put this, but that they just don't feel like they can connect as well or that they get the same. They communicate a different language right, sometimes. Right, right. And so I think sometimes they don't feel as comfortable saying that they don't understand this or they don't get that. Some women would and they're fine with it. But I think some women, they're looking for someone they can feel comfortable working with. Right. And I appreciate that you said that because I remember reading that, you know, an article, similar article, this is Orman that we all see on the news and mm-hmm. all these things talk about the same thing that, you know, Look, the shift of women being in control of more of the money, but also the shift of trying to get more women into the industry that you're in, mm-hmm. Cassandra, and going, yep. but here's why, is that it is a matter of, you know, just like any other profession, you need to find somebody in a professional that speaks to you in a way that you need things explained Mm -hmm. and regardless like if you had a mechanic and the mechanic was like saying things you'd go well maybe I need to find a different mechanic (laughs) or a different doctor and we always say Mm -hmm. that it is a matter of you know sometimes you have to do a little bit of shopping to find Mm -hmm. the right partner yep and that makes sense that it is, you know, you do kind of, you know, explain things in a different way mm-hmm. based upon your background and the fact, you know, the fact that your mom and you know, worked in this industry and the way that right. you got into it probably makes a big difference. It does. And our, our team is unique in the sense that we are a team. Mm-hmm. A lot of times if you're working with an advisor, you have that advisor. And in some respects, a lot of advisors are they kind of they have to make their own decisions and, and navigate things independently, which is fine. There's some great advisors out there. Right. We have a team of advisors, and so we all work together, even though each person has an advisor that they work with within our group. But but we have a great team environment that we're all working together and sharing ideas. So it's almost like you have a team of advisors working with you, along with then all the different uh, you know specialists and so forth, whether it's those Medicare, Social Security specialists, mortgage people, tax, CPA people, right. all those different areas above and beyond then that we always have at our fingertips. And then this huge array of of product providers and things and you know all these different companies that have these great scenarios for people but it's depends on your situation what's going to be the best company but to have a company that's independent like ClearStep is to be able to work with whoever we think is is suitable for that person right so and I know we have a great event that's coming up that we want to talk about soon, but let's real quick before we uh, finish today, we just we we're going to talk about 401ks. Yep. So okay. I want to get to that. So if you are, if you're closer to retirement within that 10 year window, um, this could be a really good time just to reevaluate your 401k. There are a few different ways inside of one that you could look at making some adjustments and this might be a good time to do that. So one would be if you're in target date funds, which are, again, a lot of people have those. If you want to just have a little bit more protection right now, you could put at least a chunk of that into maybe a target date fund that would dial it down even more. Again, if you're retiring in like 2020 or 2025 and that's where you have it right now, you could just dial it back. If you're in 2025, you could dial it back to 2020 or even 2015 for a portion of it just to 
move it a little bit more to conservative. Okay. Now, if you're if you're working and you're still adding money, I would still add money to to things that are going to be more in equities, more in the markets. Okay. You could even dial that up further okay. than where you are retiring. So if you're retiring 2025, you could even be adding money into a fund that might even be 2030 or 2035. I mean, those How are some I change that if I have a 401k. Typically, Is it usually most of them are the online. Website? Okay. Yeah, most mm-hmm. of them are online nowadays. Um just about all all the 401ks that that I see with people are and I'm sure right. there are some that aren't, but most all of them are online. Sometimes okay. even on your phone, you can just pull it up and you can reallocate it. Perfect. So that's one thing. Um, another one would be if, if that's, if that's your only option, then that would be one way to try and, um, you know, have some more kind of preservation on your funds right now. If you're over 59 and a half, a lot of times companies have, um, uh, basically an allowance that they will let you move the money out of the 401k plan. Okay. If that's the case, then that can be, it can make sense at least for a portion of the account, because then you can actually look at kind of the universe of what's out there for investments and you're not tied to just the maybe 15 or 20 options inside of that plan. Okay. So that can be a good thing. So when I'm working with people, we always check if that's an option. If it is, then that really does open up the doors to look at, well, then where's the best place for this money? Just not where's the best place within these 20 funds. Because then it's again a matter of just not having everything in the same basket. Right. Just trying to move it all around so right. that you can weather those storms if there's a, an upswing or a downturn. Right. Absolutely. So okay. that's one. Some plans offer um, either like a brokerage account option. Some of them call it an SDBA or a self-directed brokerage account option. Plans that do things like that. I know for sure 3M does. I have clients at 3M, at United Health Group. Um, there's certain 403B plans. I know Park Nicollet, I believe, has that option as well. I'm trying to think of who are the clients that I have that work at these different places. But So that's the other reason why people should stop down and maybe talk to an actual financial mm-hmm. advisor because a lot of times you go, well, it's all handled because my employer set up my 401k right. and it's going, no, there are still nuances mm-hmm. within that, even if it's an employer-driven plan. Right. And okay. so in those scenarios, just like when you look at what your options are for the different funds inside your plan, then some of them will have this, a lot of times it's at the very bottom and it'll say brokerage account option. Um, and then the brokerage account, if you wanted to do that, you could actually have it managed from an outside company. Okay. And that's one of the things, we have a number of different companies that we work with. I don't do management. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm an advisor and I work with uh, overseeing all the management that we have out there. But we have, these are professional third-party companies that that's all they do okay. is management. They're watching the markets, they're watching indicators, and they help shift and react to the markets. No one can predict them, right? Right. But they help to react and then shift the money. So again, if you're closer to retirement, having someone in a management firm that can make those shifts and get you out of the market even potentially, because again, when you're close to retirement, sometimes the best money you make is the money you don't lose. Yeah, yeah, you really I mean, you've worked so hard. It's almost like, you know, you're in the the you're, if it's a hockey game, you, there's two minutes left and you're up by three goals. Just don't mess up. Right. right. I mean, just, you're going to win. <laughs> you're going to cross the finish line. Exactly. Just don't mess up. And that probably helps, uh, you know, if we hearken back to what you said at the beginning of the show about not making uh, decisions based on emotion mm-hmm. going, oh, no, I have somebody that is actually actively watching these things and helping me make these decisions. Right. It's probably good because instead of you just going, OK, pull the, you know, let's just go. We're going to jump now. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody, you know, we're done. You, know, yep. you can have somebody go. No, here's the suggestion based upon at least some sort of, uh, you know, context other than what you feel in your gut. Right. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And having, I think that's part of it though, but having someone that you can reach out to and say, 
What do you is think? Is everything okay? Yes. Right? Even mm-hmm. to at least hold your hand and calm you down is a big right. deal. Because I've had people this last week just reach out and just say, like, tell me I'm okay. okay. Tell me I'm okay. <laughs> right. So I think that can be helpful, right? Mm-hmm. Just like having any kind of a, a coach, right? Mm-hmm. Just telling you, no, you're fine. You're on the right path. You're good. You don't, you know. Well, you let's know. make sure that we also talk about the event that you have yes. coming up on November 8th. November 8th, we have a women and investing event. And yes. this is our last event of the year. I'm very excited about it. Um, any women out there that whether you're you are retired, you're close to retirement, you have a few years, you're 10 years from retirement. I think there's some really great information um, for just women and investing specifically. So we're bringing in a special national speaker um, from Prudential and she's excellent. She's really good. She's an attorney, but she goes around and she's sought after to go and just kind of deliver some of these specific things that they see are really important for women specifically to know about from a retirement and investing standpoint. Men are welcome too. It's not, you know, right. we're not exclusive or, you know, we don't <laughs> we're not exclude. Gonna, if you come to the door we're not going to tell you you can't come in right Right. but Mm -hmm. just know that this is specific information geared towards women and investing in retirement so and again any women out there if you want to come if you want to bring your mom if you want to bring a friend if you want to make it at night um, come out and join us and you can go to the mom's talk money page and get the information and register or you can go to the clear step financial page and register that way um, there's no cost for the event. It's just educational. It'll just be some really good information. Well, we appreciate you doing that. We always encourage people to go a little bit deeper. If they have a question, don't be afraid to ask. Again, you can go to momstalkmoney.com. You can also get that information if you go to the Facebook page. So maybe a good, if you're already sitting there and you see something pop up on Facebook and it's freaking you out, Go over to the Moms Talk Money Facebook page <laughs> and then go, okay, I'll ask a question here That's instead right. of just sitting there and letting your phone give you more anxiety. So we encourage you to do that. We also encourage you to go to our website, mytalk1071.com. Use the keyword Mom Show. You can listen back to this episode and more. So thank you, Cassandra. We're looking forward to your event on November 8th. Absolutely. Well, it's great to be back here again. Thanks, Shannon. And we'll see you next time on the Mom Show.